Just know God's Word is fresh and you don't need anything extra. We don't need any additives. The problem is we want to put this book aside or we want to make it say or sound different for the sake of, well, you know, it's just not relevant for today. Yeah, it's relevant for today. It's relevant. See, it isn't you that's at work. Don't forget that. It's not you. And I've said it before, some of us, when we open our mouth, we might not want to open it. It's not us at work. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God that's at work. Saul's heart was completely changed when God's calling and purpose came to bear upon his life. Saul began to prophesy with the prophets. He was hearing, thinking, and speaking God's word to others. If we claim to be saved, our lives ought to look different. The things we think about and care about should be different. If you claim to be saved but your life hasn't changed at all, then you should really re-examine your faith. In today's message, Pastor Mark will challenge us to make sure that Jesus Christ has made a difference in us for the better. Make Jesus the most important thing in your life and fill your heart with His Word. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10 with today's edition of Come Alive. If you're truly saved, you get it forever. He will be with you. Circle with if you write in your Bible. If you don't, write it down if you take notes. If you don't, just sit and continue to listen. With means He will come alongside you. He will be with you. He'll be alongside you. That's what happened to me. The Holy Spirit was alongside me prior to my salvation. Hey, Mark, go in there. These weird things started happening. He'll be with you, and then he'll be in you, and he can actually come upon you. See, before you came to Christ, the Holy Spirit was working with you, alongside you. He would come along and whisper sweet somethings in your ear, and you would sense that little tug or that pull. Maybe it was at a friend's funeral or a wedding or maybe you just happened to walk into a church service or a Bible study and the pastor spoke or some guy said something witnessing to you and you're like, hey, he's really talking to me. The guy that witnessed to me the first time, I was like, whatever, psycho, get out of here. A few days later, the guy comes back and starts talking to me and I was like, man, he's, he's, he's hitting some point. And I really, I, I was for sure that somebody had put him up to it. I was totally for sure that somebody put him up to it. And I was like, and I started asking, do you know so-and-so? Do you know? No, I don't know any of these guys. I was like, that's weird. And then he invites me to church. And I go to church and I'm like, man, this guy must have told him everything I told him because that's what this guy's talking about. It was for me. I couldn't get away from it. I remember when I first walked in, I heard the music. I don't even remember the song, but I felt like crying. I'm like, man, I hadn't felt like crying just for nothing and Well, ever. So the Holy Spirit was with me, alongside me. He was drawing me closer. He draws you closer to himself when that happens. Your heart was warmed at that wedding maybe or that thing, Bible study you went to. Maybe your heart was even warmed at the funeral knowing that there's hope, there's a place after death, just not dirt and worms. And so that pastor maybe spoke about unconditional love and even though... 
maybe you were at that wedding and it was your old girlfriend getting married to another friend of yours. Maybe you began to wonder, you know, whoa, that's weird. This guy's really talking. I don't even care about that anymore. Uh, This guy's really speaking to me. And so it, it moves from all of a sudden the outside to the inside. The word in Greek, in, is E-N, not I-N, and it means to stay. So, with on the outside, the Holy Spirit, with on the outside, and in on the inside, and upon for works of service. Uh, The Holy Spirit comes upon us, and that's when, well, that's when David beat Goliath. That's when David beats Goliath. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. Or, Benaniah kills a lion in a pit. If you find that guy's name, read that story. That's an amazing story. And you see these things. It's a work that is suddenly, it's like a few days or a few weeks that followed my salvation. I began enjoying the natural things. I mean, I began looking at trees and going like, well, you know, those are really green. And then the sand of the desert didn't bother me. It's like, well, that's a cool color, Lord. And the way you make the sun go down and it hits that and it bounces off that big mountain, it looks purple. I wonder why they named it the Watermelon Mountain, but it doesn't matter. I'm just enjoying the things you allow me to see. My eyes were open to these natural things, and then all of a sudden they were open to spiritual things, little by little. I'd walk by somebody and I'd see them like, hey man, is everything cool? And they're like, man, really no. Uh, My unsaved friends began seeing me as a different guy. I lost some of them, a lot of them. Well, I was cool with that. The Lord gave me a bunch of really cool guys that were Christians. But, you know, I began to see people as moms and dads instead of just people, just somebody that was in my way. I began seeing little kids as children, somebody's child. I was once a child, and I started relating. I was like, man, I'm getting all soft. God, don't do this to me. Things started to change. And so I felt like I was missing out on a satisfaction like no other from before. And so I had some catching up to do. And then the next thing you know, I'm reading my Bible and I can't get away from it. I was like, crazy. Look at verse 9. I had another heart is what it says. I had another heart. God had given me another heart. It was 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, For he made him who knew no sin sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He, he took my sinning heart. He gave me a glorious heart. I think God's got this big dumpster in heaven with hearts in it that he just says, Here, man, that one's nasty. Oh, let me give you a new one. He tosses it. Gives you a new heart. And you start to have this new outlook. See, when you, when you really meet Jesus... When you really, really meet Jesus, you will really, really become all about Jesus. I said it the other night on Wednesday night, and and it wasn't to shock anyone, but I really, truly believe if you generally throughout the day do not think about Jesus most of the day, then you might not be born again. You might have to ask yourself, what has precedent over your mind? If this mind must be in us, this Christ-like mind must be in us, if the Holy Spirit lives in us, what's the Holy Spirit do? supposed to do? Point us to Jesus. Right? The Holy Spirit's job is to point to Jesus. Is our, our, are we pointing to Jesus with our life and our lifestyle? Or are we pointing in another direction? You can say, well, you know, this is the world we live. No. It doesn't say, well, depending on the culture and the time, 2,000 years from now, you're supposed to live differently. It says, no, the Holy Spirit lives in us, right? Inside of us. 
then we are supposed to be about our Father's business. You see, what was Jesus about? He was about the kingdom business. And when his kingdom comes your kingdom, your kingdom goes. His kingdom comes. And if you really encountered Christ, that's what happens. And if you encountered religion, well, religion, here's what religion does. It says, I'm going to go ahead and let both of these things coexist, coincide together. I'm going to let the BC world and your religion, you can still go to church and you can still, and we let these things coexist together, but there's not enough room for self and Jesus. Jesus moves in, and, and as I've heard some pastors say, he, he tears off the old wallpaper, and he starts to remodel the house. That's what baptism symbolizes, is a death. The old you is dead. It, it can't come back to be roommates with the new you. It doesn't make sense. It'd be like saying, well, that's cool, then Jesus and Satan can coexist in the same place. No. That would mean that a Christian could be Possessed. They can't. So if that's you today, listen close. When Jesus moves in, he's, he does some remodeling. There's no room for anything except him. None of that stuff from the BC day should be left over. There shouldn't even be a garage sale so you can profit from it. It just goes. And if you're, if you're saved, you're going to know you're saved. If you're saved, you're going to know you're saved for sure. If you're saved, listen, if you're saved, there will be no doubt that you're saved. But if you're like, well, I think I am, then you're probably not. See, meeting God, when you meet God, it's not a casual experience. I think every one of us, if we met one of our heroes, we would never forget the day and the time. But meeting God is not a casual experience. It's a big deal. Look at verse 6 again. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And then verse 10, And when they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. He's a different guy. He does different things. He's not doing the same things that he used to do. So just as a prophet predicts, it comes to pass before the prophet understands the will and the word of the Lord. So it comes to pass, all these things. And this time, they didn't have a Bible like you and I have. They didn't have these bound leather books. They had the Word of God, and it was, it was the spoken Word of God. And so the spoken Word of God speaks to Samuel's heart. And, and Samuel says, this is what the Lord is going to do. And now, according to the Word, the Word of the Lord, the Lord works. You're going to do the works of the Lord. And so here it is. See, it'd be an advantage for all of us to really study God's Word. Why? Well, well, there are these boundaries at which the Spirit of God is at work today. There are these boundaries inside of God's Word that the Spirit of God is at work today. From Genesis to Revelation, we see that there are these boundaries there that the Holy Spirit works in. And here's what, here's what I'm talking about. They, you might say, well, you know, I don't understand this. I don't understand what's going on. And yet the Holy Spirit says, okay, look, I worked inside of these boundaries. What is in here is how I work. There's not a fresh word, something new. Oh, well, yeah, it's not in the Bible, but this is some new stuff. It's coming back. It's called holy. And you've heard of all the stuff from, from Florida, the holy laughter. Anybody ever see that? I mean, it's just people sitting around laughing. And it's like, oh, or drunk in the spirit. 
And, and they start bouncing around doing all these silly things. And you're like, really, where is that in the word? Oh, it's a fresh word. Or you, you meet that guy. It's like, yeah, bro, I'm just looking for a fresh word, man. Looking for a place to give me. Well, cool, man. There's, there's thousands of fresh words in here. Thousands of fresh words. And so God says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same. Not the same, oh, well, I'm going to add stuff. That's how cults get started. And so here we see that Saul changes. He prophesies. And it's according to the word of the Lord. Look at verse 11. And when it happened, when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, that the people said to one another, what is this that comes upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And so this is how God works. The reason I say that is because from time to time, we'll find ourselves straying away from sound Bible experience. And so all these people notice there's something different about Saul, something different about him. And we find ourselves involved in extra, something extra biblical, an extra biblical experience or a style. But once you open yourself to that door, let me say this. Once you open yourself and you open that door up, then all doors are open. All doors will be open. And then whatever anyone calls spiritual, you might buy it, being spiritual. Although it may not be biblical, it could be spiritual, but it's not biblical. And you open yourself up to it, and now you're prey to the enemy to take control of your life, to take off right, take you off that path, that right path, take you off the right direction, and turn you around. On some crazy path, you find yourself going a direction that God never wanted you to go in in the first place. And so some sound Christian says, you know, get off that path, your Christian brother. Or somebody says, get off that path, you're running down the wrong way. And you're like, man, I want to experience this. It, it, it feels like, well, here's the deal. We aren't to walk by feelings. We're to walk by faith. And they say, well, you know, I, I see something amazing. Well, we're not to walk by sight. We're to walk by faith. We're to be walking by faith according to the word of God. Not by sight or feelings. But yeah, bro, I want to have a fresh word from the Lord. Once again, there's thousands of them here. Open your Bible and find that fresh word. Just know God's word is fresh and you don't need anything extra. We don't need any additives. The problem is we want to put this book aside or we want to make it say or sound different for the sake of... Well, you know, it's just not relevant for today. Yeah, it's relevant for today. It's relevant. See, it isn't you that's at work. Don't forget that. It's not you. And I've said it before, some of us, when we open our mouth, we might not want to open them. But it's not us at work. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God that's at work. And I pray whoever you listen to that that guy doesn't lead you astray or that girl doesn't lead you astray or that supposed Bible teacher doesn't lead you astray. The Bible tells us it's the last days in the church that the people want their ears tickled. Me and Steve were talking about that this morning, that it's amazing how like just things are happening in this world. And people do. They want their ears tickled. They want to be fascinated. They want to be entertained. And we saw in, in, in 1 Corinthians this past week on Wednesday that Paul's like, hey, it's not all about the oratory experience. It's not about how great somebody speaks or how well they lay something out or illustrate anything. It's about the Word of God. And we tend to get caught up in people. Oh, I like the way they do that. I like that move. I like the... No. It's about God's Word. 
And so they'll be deceived by satanic, seductive spirits. My prayer for each of you is that you would check everything against God's word when you hear something. It doesn't matter if he's your favorite Bible teacher or whatever it is. Check it against God's word. If it's me, check it against God's word. I make mistakes. And so you need to to do this because this is your safety net. This Bible is our safety net. If you're planning to pack up and move, find a verse in here that says, hey, here's the verse I'm standing on. This is the verse that tells me to pack up and to move. This is the verse that tells me to stay. This is the verse that says switch jobs. This is the verse that says do this. Show me. Lord, show me what it is. Show me in your word. Because for us just to pack up and leave or to make a decision without consulting God or consulting his word, it's insanity. And lots of people do it. They can't figure out why they get in trouble. So what is happening here is based upon the word of the Lord. Look at verse 14. Then Saul's uncle said to him and his servant, where did you go? So he said, to look for the donkeys. When we saw that they were nowhere to be found, we went to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, tell me please what Samuel said to you. So Saul said to his uncle, he told us plainly that the donkeys had been found. But about the matter of the kingdom, he didn't tell him what Samuel had said. And then Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah. So Saul's uncle wants to know what's happened. Well-meaning guy hanging out. Hey, man, where have you been? Oh, man, we went looking for the pickups, for the donkeys. We found them. Well, what the Lord, you know, what Samuel, we found them in this place and we met Samuel. Oh, you met Samuel. What's that smell, Saul? What smell, uncle? What smell would that be? The oil. When they anointed somebody, they don't do it like we do, just a little tap on your thumb, because we know you're going to lunch and stuff. I mean, they, they drenched you. They oiled you up. He poured the oil on, on Saul's head. That oil has a smell. So he's probably like, so you saw Samuel, huh? That's kind of weird. I smell some oil. Oh, what'd Samuel tell you? What did he say to you? And it's weird because, you know, when I first read this, I was thinking, stinking Saul, it's already happening. He's embarrassed. He got saved. And then I was like, oh, no, no, wait, that was me. When I first got saved, somebody said, so, heard you went to church. Yeah, yeah, it was church. It was good. Why'd you go to church? You don't go to church. I went, somebody invited me, thought I'd just be cool. I play hockey with them. Didn't want to ruin hockey. So I was thinking that's what Saul was doing, but I started to look at this. I started to wrestle with it. And so I wonder if Saul's uncle could smell that oil, and that's why he asked, yet he doesn't tell him what Samuel said about the kingdom. I think it's for one of two reasons. The first one's in in, in verse 27. We'll go back. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, tell the servant to go ahead of us. I don't want anyone to know what you and I are about to talk about. Could have been a secret. Could be a secret. Number two, his uncle probably wouldn't get it. Uncle probably wouldn't understand it in the same way after you got saved, you go home from church, you told someone, and and that secular friend or your mom and dad are like, what, seriously, bro? You you got saved? Oh, why would you do that? What's good about that? Why would you decide on that? They didn't understand. So they didn't understand why you're different now, why you're stopping cussing, why you stop drinking, why you're different. 
Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. See, see there will be a time when Saul will be able to share what has happened, that great thing that has happened. It will be a specific time. And there's nothing wrong with going home saying, Hey, I got saved. But maybe his uncle wouldn't understand. I don't know. I'll just tell you that. I don't know what's up here. It could be one of those two things. I, I looked in commentaries and everybody seems to skip this. And I'm like, man, it's the last time I'm buying that guy's commentary. But I don't know. But I think we need to be sensitive to the fact that people will tell biblical things to other people. They, they may not get it. You know, when we say, hey, man, I got saved. This is the Lord has changed me. They may not get it. So it might be a little while before you have to tell them. You just say, hey, I went to church. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Because I remember when I went home and I told my mom that, she just was like, no big deal. I wanted to have a conversation, but no big deal. I remember when I told my brother. He was like, that's cool. I remember when I told my dad. It was like my whole family. He was like, all right, cool, whatever. But when I went to Africa, you'd have thought I was a celebrity. Everyone I got introduced to, yeah, he just got back from Africa. Man, is it, let's go have a party. It was weird. There was a specific time and I got to share after I got back from Africa a few years later with certain family members that were willing to listen at some point. They weren't willing to listen at that first time, on my time. They were willing to listen in God's time. I'm not saying don't go out and share your faith today because it's not the right time. I'm saying, hey, God has a time. If he tells you to do it, you do it. If he says wait, maybe you wait and you're supposed to build a relationship and let, that people, let those people watch you live out your life. It's time to remember what the Lord has done. Oh, just like here, Saul remembers what Samuel said and all that the Lord has done for him, but he doesn't say anything. He waits for that specific time. And he waits for that time when people are willing to hear and willing to listen. Sometimes we're so zealous and so excited to give it all out there that, and it's so much, it's like drinking from a fire hydrant. People are like, man, I have no idea what you're talking about, but you know what? Thanks. Have a great day. And they walk away and their friend's like, well, what'd that person say to you? Dude, stay away from them. They're nuts. Think about the people that maybe the Lord has put upon your heart. Oh, Mark, nobody's put anyone on my heart. Well, that's cool. Then pray and ask them to have somebody on your heart that he may put someone on your heart and then be faithful because he is faithful but be faithful and say Lord you know I'm willing to go talk to this person or build a bridge with this person we're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse chapter by chapter unlocking the blessings truth and love found within its verses We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go, making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new additions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, 
We'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel Katy. We're a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.